your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, after that uh, interesting win over Colorado State. And of course, we are always joined here by LeSean Daniels, who is here every single Sunday after an Iowa game, win or loss. Uh, yesterday felt like a loss, I think, mentally to a lot of people, but we still come away with the victory, and that's ultimately what matters. So, LeSean, we're going to break that all down, but first, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Um, again, Sundays are always good when the Hawks went on Saturday. Even, you know, it, the game didn't quite go as you may have expected. But, you know, I can't complain about that. So, you know, we're feeling good on the Sunday. Absolutely. I just got to I, I bet on Iowa four different ways yesterday going into the game, uh, which was not good for my, my wallet. I bet on Iowa to win the first half. I bet on Iowa to win, uh, cover the spread. I bet on Iowa and uh, you know, Colorado State to go on the over. I mean, everything was just not hitting for me yesterday. However, thankfully, after Colorado State got that touchdown, I got Iowa minus six and a half. I jumped on it and I was able to win all my money back, thankfully. So that was at least a nice little, nice little victory for me. Um, but Iowa beats Colorado State 24 to 14. And I think coming into this game, a lot of the perception was that Iowa was going to blow out Colorado State. Colorado State to me on paper, it's kind of like a Big Ten team without Big Ten talent, right? They, they run a lot of 12 and 13 personnel. They run a 4-3 defense. They're going to line up and try to hit you and, and play some smash-mouth football. I thought Iowa can do that better than any team in the country. However, Colorado State was throwing Iowa around a little bit in the trenches. So that was very interesting to see early on. But as we do with every show, we have to talk about Spencer Petras first. I think there is there clearly is a natural inclination – to blame the quarterback when things aren't pretty, when things don't go well, when Iowa only puts up 24 points against a Colorado State team that is now one and three and lost to Vanderbilt and a South Dakota State. Spencer Petrus was not the issue. Spencer, I honestly, I think Spencer Petrus had the best game of his career yesterday. So I wanted to turn it over to you. Did you have any concerns about what you saw from Spencer yesterday? No, I mean, I thought he played uh pretty good game to be quite honest i mean um you know the stats aren't jumping you know off at you i mean he was like 15 23 for like 200 yards two touchdowns and then he had the, they had the one interception which i talked about in you know my friend group chat about um first of all i didn't i didn't really like the call um at that point in time and um you know receiver was covered um and it wasn't a great pass wasn't a great ball um, unfortunately, you know, Spencer decides to make that throw, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I didn't have too many issues about the way he played. I mean, I like the way how uh, he tried to stretch the field a little bit more yesterday, um, which definitely showed some positives because he was pretty accurate. I felt like down, down the field. Um, so, you know, I think Spencer's playing well and I think that he's getting better every single week. So I don't think, you know, a lot of the blame, if really any of the blame should, you know, really fall on Spencer in the way that they played yesterday. C completely, completely agree. Um, you mentioned the play call, uh, kind of a little bubble screen action there that Spencer throws the ball play action screen. Um, again, interesting play call down in the, they're down in the red zone area. The cornerback, I thought 
made a phenomenal play on it as well. I mean, it was just yeah. a collection of everything going poorly on that play. What would you have rather seen from a play call perspective in that that situation? Um, I mean, you know, anything else, honestly, besides <laughs> the screen. Um, uh, like I like I like screens. Um, whether they are bubbles, wide receiver screens, halfback screens. Um, and they work well at you know certain points. I feel like in the game, um, but I feel like at that point, right, our, our just traditional offense was doing you know a good job moving the ball, you know, getting that ball down the field um, a little bit. So, um, and then know that we hit a f- couple uh, big shots, right, and then um, obviously Colorado State did a great job on the run game. So um, I'm always fine for running football, even if you know we're not having you know success with it but i mean anything else besides you know i think a wide receiver screen especially um the way that 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 cornerback kind of bounced back from um you know being think he was beat like maybe four plays later right and then i think like to like the following like two out of three plays after that he was one making a play you know on it so i think they try to take advantage of him you know being a little bit more aggressive which i do understand um but you know honestly probably you know anything else whether they got into a little you know traditional play action maybe you did a rollout or something um or just try to hammer it in there at least because uh you know try to get some positive momentum going and then from spencer's side of the ball spencer's side i mean they just kind of just throw that ball in the dirt right i mean you see yep. that guy is kind of just blanketed right don't make a bad play worse don't try to force it in there or right? you can just throw it on throw it on the dirt and then come back and you know live to play another down so Absolutely. I mean, when you look at the play sequence leading up to that play, right? So Spencer Petras has a beautiful throw to Keegan Johnson, 49-yard gain. Tyler Goodson stuff for minus five yards. That defensive line on Colorado State was doing a phenomenal job all day. Spencer then gets a ball out to Sam Laporta for four yards, gets another ball to Sam Laporta, and there's a penalty. Um, And then, as you said, the guy who was covering Keegan Johnson makes the interception first and 10 at the 14. You have a minute and 47 seconds left. Yes, hindsight is always 20-20, but you're right. That's a a 14-point swing. We went from possibly being up, you know, 10 to 7, 14 to 7, to being down 14 to 7 going into the half. However, I felt like our halftime adjustments, I mean – Iowa came out and they were playing pretty well offensively. I really liked what I saw. We saw a few more end rounds. We saw mm-hmm. them take some more shots. You mentioned Spencer Petrus. The stats don't jump out at you. 15 completions on 23 attempts, but four throws over 20 yards. We talked about that on last week's show. We mm-hmm. wanted to see explosive mm-hmm. plays, and y'all, we finally got it. And I got to be honest, I, 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 I'm I a big fan of Nate Stanley, but those are a lot of throws that Nate Stanley wasn't. I mean, it was it was very hit or miss when Nate Stanley was going to make that throw. And Spencer has been money on those deep throws as of late. So very impressed from that angle. I want to talk about the pass blocking because there was it, they graded out so poorly. And there every time Spencer Peters got sacked, I think there was three sacks in the game. It felt like it wasn't it wasn't just a coverage sack. It was a communication issue. I mean. The Tyler Goods, let's talk about the Tyler Goodson sack because the, the blitzer comes through the A gap, untouched, right at Spencer. Tyler's on the left side, and I couldn't tell if he didn't see him. Should Spencer have been on or should Tyler have been on the right side of, of Spencer? I mean, can you maybe walk us through that? Because that was that was bizarre, man. Yeah, so um depending upon the protection, uh usually the back is on either side of the quarterback, but typically 
it doesn't matter, especially in our offense. Running backs have quite a pretty decent responsibility when it comes to uh, blitz pickup in the past game. So my guess is that Tyler just didn't see him, um, which can happen sometimes, especially like you can kind of get lazy in your and reading your keys and making sure that um, the thing, the bliss of being taken care of, because the way that I was looking like the guy, like it's like he looked like he was like staring right at him, but the blitzer just comes right through the middle, um, right through the a gap. And he's just kind of like standing there almost like watching him. Like he was like frozen. So I'm not sure like if he didn't <laughs> see it, if he didn't, uh, if the, if the quarterback mispointed the, the man he's supposed to be blocking or mispointing um, who the key that the lineman is supposed to be blocking. I, I have no idea what happened. There was obviously some type of miscommunication or it was just a mental error, error by Tyler, which we don't see too often. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that will be corrected today in film. I'm sure, um, you know, he'll hear it definitely from the coaches. Like <laughs> we can't have this um, so on and so forth. But yeah, I, Yesterday in the past, as far as our past blocking and just blocking in general, I just didn't think was really up to the Iowa, Iowa standard at all. And I yeah. think they, I think they all all know that. So, yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, even Tyler Linderbaum had an error, and Tyler Linderbaum is our most consistent player. I mean, he's the best player on this roster. I mean, he's a guy who could be a first round pick, the best mm. center since your brother James, right? I mean, this is mm. this guy is phenomenal, and he even had what I would consider it looked like a communication error where he didn't, I don't, I don't, we'll talk about that in a second. I'll just, I'll get to it here in a yeah. second. I do want to tell everyone though about prize picks, college ball fanatics. Have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this. And I know that you will too. Prize picks is a leader in college sports, daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world. And they offer all the star players of the power five, as well as mid major players. You might not have even heard of prize picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users at deposit and use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's right. Free money just by going to prize picks using the promo code locked on. Again, pick whatever players you want, mix and match the sports, football, basketball, college ball, college basketball. You can do it all at prize picks. So use their award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made within 60 seconds. Less, or it's so easy. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So again, don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. Or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, Lashad. So before the break, we were talking about pass blocking and how, in general, Blocking just didn't seem that good for Iowa, and they graded out so horrendously bad, and I'm going to talk about that on tomorrow's show. Tyler Linderbaum even had a miscommunication where uh, the guy he was literally lining up right over top of him, Tyler just goes to the right and then realizes the guy is coming right past him and tries getting a hand on him. Before you know it, Spencer is down. Spencer is not a guy that we can allow blockers to go untouched at because, let's be honest, the dude's not very athletic. He's not very fast. That's not a knock on him. It's just who Spencer is. He's a he's a tree back there. He has a good arm, but he's kind of a tree. Tyler Linderbaum just let the guy go right by. That was just so weird to me to see. I, I can you maybe do you did you do you remember that play? Yeah, so I remember the play that, that you're talking about. And uh I want to say it might have only showed the replay like one time, and I might not get got like the best look at it. But like now I'm thinking about it. Um I don't know why he 
would have decided against blocking that man again <laughs> they, they're probably they're probably doing something again i'm not in their meeting rooms you know throughout yep. the week i'm not um figuring out you know how they are blocking certain looks and different things and i'm sure that tyler must have thought again another it was a different look than what initially happened or maybe um you know just a brain fart or whatever um and then obviously the play the play starts and you know it's already too late to try to react to it so there was just something that was kind of going on that was just miscommunication kind of all across the board and i'm not sure like what how colorado state you know does on defense side when it comes to blitzes i mean some teams are very complex with blitzes and some teams you know are a lot more basic um so i'm not sure what they saw um on film on tape you know at the weeks leading up to today i mean yesterday but yeah it was a weird game for us i feel like in the communication side on pass blocking because i just felt like it just wasn't up to our standard at all and again i think the the players and the staff know that um that they they're gonna have to be better in communication and they're gonna have to be better on their own one-on-ones right i mean uh, uh you know big 10 play is really as obviously going to start back up for us you know next week and it's going to be very important to make sure that those things are hammered out right that we have the right communications um going on that spencer's doing a great job of mark of marking who the mike linebacker is and all these different things to make sure to he can keep clean so the offense can keep moving because you know sacks and negative yards plays will kill 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 drives absolutely i mean i call give credit to colorado state right they're, they're deep they had a good defensive game plan and i thought mm-hmm. offensively the things that we wanted to see improve did improve to a degree right we saw the explosive yep. plays we saw spencer throw the ball really well um the pass blocking, the run blocking, those are those are staples of Iowa's offense that we expect to get better. They are still rotating a bunch of guys around that offensive line. We have a true freshman starting on the interior. We have a retro freshman starting on the tackle spot. I mean, a lot of these guys are young guys. We're still getting that experience. And Colorado State's defensive line is one of the better defensive lines in the nation. So um, definitely something interesting there. Overall, just again, like you said, a very weird, weird game. Beating Kent State, looking back at them like, not too bad. Colorado said, I'm like, what the heck just happened here? Even on the defensive side of the football, I felt like Phil Parker, do I dare say, got out coached in the first half. And I don't like saying that because Phil Parker, I love Phil Parker. I think what he does with this defense, as you talked about, having a very simplistic defense that is incredibly effective. I thought Phil Parker's defense struggled a little bit in the first half. Granted, I think it's worth calling out that Colorado State was getting the ball like the 20-yard line based off of, of a Tory Taylor shank, which uh, it was bound to happen at some time, right? We were bound <laughs> to see the great punter from down under shank a ball, and wow, that was a bad time to do it. Um, and then the interception that they took all the way down. I mean, these these were tough plays for the defense to be put into, but my question to you, and that's a long-winded way of asking one question, Todd Sencio runs in a – there's a passing play – no one's open. He just runs it in 10 yards untouched. He's a scrambling quarterback. He's an athletic quarterback. Why are we not spying the quarterback on that play? Did that seem weird to you as well? I mean, the middle of the the middle of the defense is wide open there. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we have spies, sometimes, you know, you just don't, right? Sometimes, you know, they just have the a better play call, right? I mean, it looked like that they are obviously in some type of man coverage, especially being that close to the goal line. So, you know, a lot of backs were turned. Um, you know, you're not seeing, you know, what's happening with the quarterback. And then, you know, defensively, I know that 
on the, I mean, on the defensive line side that, you know, we had a defensive end up the field, right? And then when you have a defensive end up the field and you have, you know, one of your interior guys kind of walled off, I mean, it makes it very easy for the quarterback to be able to get in there and run. So, um, like, thinking back, I don't know if, um, you know, putting spies is something that they commonly do. I mean, because I know a lot of times that you're in, they're in zone coverage, so, like, there's always eyes on the quarterback anyway. So um, I just think that was one of those cases where, you know, the other offense coordinator just had a, had the right play call up. And then um, Coach Parker, you know, just got caught in an unfortunate um, call with his defense because obviously a lot of backs return, you know, have eyes back on the quarterback. So the quarterback can, if no one's open, especially with an athletic guy like that, um, you know, he can easily, you know, run and, and scamper for, for some big runs, which we saw happen quite a bit. Um, especially in that first half. So um, I know that they ended up making adjustments in the second half because they held them to zero points um, the second half. So, uh, yeah, the first half I think was definitely one of the weirder halves I think we've had in a while. And it just felt like the game plan that, you know, they had in place just wasn't it, right? So they had to go in and make a lot of adjustments at halftime. And, you know, obviously they came out a lot stronger for the second half. Absolutely. And like I said, Iowa wins 24-14. That's what actually that's what ultimately matters here when we're looking at it. It doesn't matter how you get the win, you get the win. And you could tell I mean, uh, for better or for worse, Kirk is not gonna be a guy who's gonna ram it down your throat and put as many points on the board as possible. The last couple of drives, you could tell Iowa was not trying to score. So let's just get out of this game. Let's get out of this game healthy. <laughs> let's move on to Big Ten football, which is on Friday night. Iowa gets a Maryland team that has had a pretty good start to the season. We get a Maryland team on Friday night in Maryland, so that's going to be interesting. What? Um, let's talk about some of the good things that happened overall. Yeah. Offense, defense, uh, what are some good things you noticed on offense? Um, what I did love was, you know, obviously we already kind of touched on it, was the um, explosive plays. Uh, you know, we have, you know, that long touchdown to Keegan Johnson, you know, and then a few plays before that. Um, Tyler rips off a, a nice um, thing, almost like 30 yard run. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, on that, the drive when we do the interception, um, you know, we had again, another big play to Keegan Johnson as well. And then there was a couple other throws like where he threw to Nico Regani, who makes amazing adjustment. Amazing catch. Yeah. And it's just, it's just an incredible catch which was, you know, fantastic, right? So seeing those type of plays are really encouraging, you know, moving ahead here because um, explosive plays um, can help you win football games, right? I mean, um, that's that's one of the biggest, um, you know, goals as an offense besides, you know, scoring points, right, to create those explosive plays. And, you know, seeing that and seeing us do that was very encouraging, right? And then you know, also I like the creativity, um, that Brian brought when, you know, we had the interception where, um, or not interception, I think it was a fumble, right? Yep, the fumble, um, yep. yep. In Colorado State's own territory. And, you know, you come back with, you know, a reverse to, again, create. Um, and the mini Statue nice, of Liberty. Nice little Statue of Liberty, yeah, for yeah. a four touchdown, which was, I like that. So I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of good things that happen in the game the explosive plays. And then I liked um, the creativity. I think that the offensive staff ended up bringing back um, for that second half of football. So those are a lot of good encouraging things that I saw. 
couldn't couldn't agree more. I think um, a lot of people get upset about Brian Ferentz's play calling, but they don't understand what all goes into his play calling. And then you see stuff like that. I mean, Brian has incorporated some new principles to this Iowa offense that were never even thought imaginable. Heck, even back when you're playing, only you know five six years ago, right? Th- those are things that Iowa just wasn't doing. And I think he there are times of just absolute brilliance where he just gets the defense caught completely off guard that Statue of Liberty played to Tyrone was just one of those examples of that. And I thought mm-hmm. for what I thought was a pretty well-called offensive game plan to only put 24 points in the board is just bizarre to me. I just don't know how to describe. I mean, I thought we were moving the ball pretty well outside. I mean, passing the ball pretty well. They had some yeah. good end around action. Arlen Bruce got in the game. Uh, we have a true freshman just burning guys on the perimeter. I mean, uh, what what a you, if you'd have told me that Iowa would have had four passing plays over twenty yards, including two over forty, I would have been like, "Wow, we destroyed Colorado State!" And then we're here talking about a ten point win. So, um, very interesting stuff. We're going to talk about the defense and what we saw that was good on the defensive side of the ball here in a second. I do want to tell you all about Sweat Block. A Sweat Block has been revolutionary for my life. I used to pick out shirts based off the color to make sure I wasn't sweating through it, or I'd wear hoodies, even when it was 80 degrees, to make sure you weren't going to see the sweat from my t-shirt, because it was going to happen regardless. But now I have sweat block antiperspirant wipes, and holy crap, it is truly amazing. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this sounds too good to be true, but I promise you it is literally amazing. I've been using them. I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the entire time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. No more no more presentations where I got to keep my arms down because probably sweat under there. I have sweat block antiperspirant wipes, and they are literally fantastic. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this just like I am, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N or at Amazon and CVS. And also, I want to tell you all about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And this week only, there's a limited time flavor cookie dough chunk. I've tried it, it's amazing. LaShawn, I'll try to get that in the box as well that I still have to send to you. Um, that'll be coming at some point, I promise. Uh, getting to the post office is just a pain. But Built Bars are literally fantastic. And not only are they delicious, they're also healthy for you as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And they are the provider of USA Track and Field. They are the protein bar of the USA Track and Field team. So if it's good enough for them, Probably good enough for us. So go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L O C K E D 15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right. So we talked about the offense, the good things we saw. I would agree with you. I really like seeing the, the freshmen getting involved. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. Arlen Bruce, um, I want to see him get the ball in his hands in creative ways. This is a guy who in high school played quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. He's a do-it-all kind of player, um, an athletic little dynamite package of a five foot nine or whatever he is. And Keegan Johnson, I mean, this is a guy who's a four-star recruit. We don't get a lot of four-star wide receivers coming to Iowa, and he has made a name for himself to this point. His first catch is a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask you, what was your first college catch or touch from a running back perspective? Do you remember? Uh, let's see. My first run. Uh, I think we were playing like Missouri State or something. <laughs> some some like FCS school. 
Um, I think it was like an outside zone play. And I think it went for like seven or eight yards for a first down or something like that. I think it was my first um, actual touch. And then I know my first touchdown came the following season um, when I was a sophomore on my first carry of the year when we played um, Northern Iowa, again, on an outside zone play, of course, right? I mean, it's yep. it's only right, right? Either outside zone or a power play you're going <laughs> to score on. So, um, yeah, so that, and that was my first touchdown. Um, That's was, awesome. Again, it was great, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah. You always, you always remember the first, you always remember that first touch and you always remember that first touchdown um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and Keegan only has to remember one now because that all came in the exact same same place. That was that was awesome to see. Uh, nonetheless, mm-hmm. um, I thought Tyler Goodson was trying to do as much as he could, given the fact that he was getting just. I mean, it felt like every time he touched the ball, he was getting blown up in the backfield. Uh, mm-hmm. Spin Shady was trying to get out of that stuff, but I mean, only, you you can only spin so many times for you're going to get tackled because Colorado State's defense was swarming. Um, anything you notice from a running game perspective? I mean, I felt like Tyler Goodson did as good as he possibly could given uh what was happening on that defensive line. Yeah, um yeah, I, I mean I thought he played as well as, you know, he could. I mean, there might have been some runs in there where he might have maybe tiptoed too much and maybe mm-hmm. could have gotten more positive yards, but I mean, it's hard it's hard as a running back to to get back in that mode of, you know, just hitting everything like full speed like when you are being tackled in the backfield you know, quite a bit. I think they, Colorado State had like seven or eight tackle for losses yesterday or something like that. So, um, and I know a few of them came on, on run place, right? So I thought Tyler, you know, played well um, for what he was given. Um, I just thought Colorado State's, you know, D-line was just kind of just, you know, obviously punching us in the mouth and their um, guys on the edge were doing a great job of playing support and getting in there and helping stop in the run. So, um, you know, all, a whole bunch of credit still has to go to Colorado State um, and their defense again because they came out ready to play. And I don't think, you know, I will really match that same intensity um, for most of the ball game. So uh, they're going to they'll come back. Um, <laughs> I know today won't be a fun day in film whatsoever, <laughs> um, but Ty, I thought Tyler did did a great job for what he was given. And, you know, obviously he's, he's our guy. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter, <laughs> um, you know, how, what happens or anything like that, but cause he's going to be, he's going to be in there. He's the guy that, that we know is going to provide the most spark there at the running back spot. So yeah, I thought he played well. Um, but you know, overall as a whole, obviously the run game was disappointing, I think um, for, yep. for a lot of us, for sure. Um, you mentioned something and this might seem like a, an ignorant question, because I didn't play running back, right? Uh, but when I didn't even think about that, when a when a running back is getting hit so often in the backfield, do, is that a is that something that happens where you kind of get happy feet almost, and you're like, you know what, I I'm not trusting that the hole is there because I'm literally just getting blown up. So even when you're not getting blown up, you automatically start, you know, kind of doing a little bit jittery. You're kind of moving around a little bit. You're not um, attacking with the purpose. Is that something that actually happens for a lot yes. of running backs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can happen quite a bit. Um, I mean. Because obviously, like, you know, as a running back, you know, game times change, you know, all the time, right? I mean, there'll be times where, you know, holes are just there. You don't got to do anything. You just jog through. And then there's other times where, you know, you're getting tackled, right, like a half a second after you get the football, right? And then, you know, I know that, you know, Tyler kind of probably felt like, hey, like, things really aren't going our way. So I'm trying to – he's probably, like, thinking in his head, like, okay, there's got to be a way for me to try to create a play and it does happen as a running back, even though like you might like say like, yeah, you know, I wasn't 
you know, doing that. But I think like it's a subconscious thing um, where you're just like, ah, you know, the last time we ran this play, you know, the guy was right in my face. Right. So I'm going to try something different this time. Right. Instead of just sticking with, hey, these are this is these are my keys. This is my assignment. And only time I'm supposed to deviate off that is if something were to get in my way instead of, you know, thinking of it beforehand. So, yeah, it is something that that happens um, subconsciously. I don't know if that was, you know, the reason why that happened, but I know that it's a reason. It's something that does happen because, you know, I've experienced it, you know, myself. Right. So um, this is my my thoughts there. And I think, um, you know, as time goes on and the season goes on, right, there's going to there's not every single game is going to be perfect. Right. Not every hole is going to be there. And I think uh, the coaching staff will just tell them like, hey, you know, it's not always going to be perfect. So just try to get what you can get. Right. You obviously want to score on every single play, but not every single play is going to go for a score. So just try to get positive yards if you can and avoid trying to be being not trying to be but avoid being tackled in the backfield absolutely LaShawn, i appreciate your insight there that was awesome i think uh none of us anyone most people listening to this probably didn't play uh college football or play the running back position so bringing us inside kind of what tyler is feeling i think that was super amazing i really appreciate that let's talk about the defense side of the ball um any good things you wanted to to call from the defensive side of the ball um you know really just the way that you know, they came back and played in the second half. Um, I think that was the biggest thing. I think uh, early on, I felt like, you know, they Colorado State was able to make a lot of different plays, you know, especially from the quarterback position. I mean, that guy was doing a great job as far as, you know, extending plays with his legs and as well, as well you know, completing passes, which, you know, obviously put his team in a position to actually, you know, win the football game. Um, I thought that uh, – Justin Jenkins did a great job, you know, yesterday trying to. Uh, what a terrible boost. Like, they're just so bad. Um, yeah, that was that was not good. And I don't think they even corrected it until, like, the fourth quarter. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I thought that he was, he, was, he was definitely flying around all over the place. I know that there was a couple times where he put pressure on the quarterback. Um, and I know that he was. Uh, you know, working to cover their their star star tight end Trey McBride, um, who's obviously a really good player who's going to be playing, you know, on Sundays beast, most likely. Like 260 pounds. Yeah. So, um, he he, I think he always stands out. And then, um, you know, Jack Campbell, who probably felt like he had like a hundred tackles yesterday, um, was literally flying all over the field. Um, it was like every single time that someone was on the ground, he was like right there. Right. And, you know, Seth Benson, um, I know I called out all the linebackers by name, but I feel like <laughs> they all feel like they all played a really good game. I feel like they were all kind of flying all over the field and, you know, doing whatever they could to, to make plays. So I think that's fair, though, when you uh, when you combine those tackles, Jack had 17, Seth had 10 and Justin had eight. That's 35 tackles combined between those three linebackers. Um, they are going to be the bread and butter of our team. This year, I mean, that that linebacker group is underrated and is only going to continue to get better. I mean, Justin Jacobs, this is he's only had three real games of playing time since being on the Iowa Hawkeyes, since joining the Iowa Hawkeyes as a four star recruit. And he's been getting some tough matchups, man. I mean, having to go up against Trey McBride and saying, you know what? 
have fun with this All-American potential first-round tight end. And coming away unscathed, I thought he played pretty well. Trey got a couple catches. He was yeah. going to get a couple catches. They force-feed the ball into him. They had 11 targets. He's only had six catches. I mean, that was actually a pretty quiet day for Trey McBride. And a lot of that came down to Justin Jacobs. Jack Campbell, like you said, an absolute madman. I also thought defensively, I mean, one of the, the keys that I was had the last, well, ever since being under Phil Parker is really creating and forcing turnovers. Yes, we had that fumble. That was not a, I don't consider that a forced turnover. That was more of a right place, right time, bad communication from an offensive perspective. But it felt like Iowa had 10 opportunities to pick the ball off and they were just a little bit behind. I mean, a lot of tip balls. Uh, Todd Sencio, known for, he's had, I think, nine or 10 balls batted down at the line of scrimmage coming into this game. Uh, mm. Had a couple opportunities there. We just couldn't get our hands on it. So I know that's kind of a weird positive, but we were very, very close to picking off and taking away several footballs, and we just couldn't make it happen. And again, coming away 24-14 with the win. Uh, the second half, as you mentioned, absolutely shutting down that offense. The adjustments were made, and that offense did not move at all in that mm. second half. Um, you have to be happy about that, especially going into a game against Maryland. Those breaks are going to happen, right? We're going to get more of those 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 breaks from a, a turnover perspective. So those are some of the good things I saw as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So special teams-wise, um, I quickly want to call out Charlie Jones again. I think uh, we have some recurring segments on here, I feel like, every time we talk. It's, is Spencer good enough to be our quarterback? It's uh, We always got to talk about pass blocking. And then – we got to talk about Charlie Jones, man, because this guy is just absurd. So my question before I get into Charlie Jones is, did you ever return punts? I don't remember you returning punts or kickoffs at Iowa. No, 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 no. I returned like a few punts in high school, but no, never was on that return game life. I mean, they never they never tried me back there. So who knows? Maybe I could have done it. Maybe could have been I an all-star, man. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the way Charlie plays back there. I mean, he's a fearless guy and basically tries to return every single ball. Uh, I'm trying to think when I was <laughs> when I was there, um, was it Matt? especially uh, I want to say he might have returned a couple. I think and like um, maybe Riley McCarron. I know returned a couple before oh, yeah. before, you know, we ended up settling on Desmond um, for the last two years, I think. But it felt like we never got any returns. I felt like. We always it was like the ball would be punted, and then like by the time I even looked down there, he had already fair caught the ball, and then, <laughs> <laughs> like we were just gonna get the ball there. So I love the way that um, Charlie is fearless back there. I mean, he's not afraid to to make a mistake, because I mean, and you know, frankly, he hasn't made too many, um, you know, while he's been back there for the past two years. And, and I love the way that he returns the football. He's always trying to make a play, right? He wants that return to be an offensive weapon. And I think Coach Woods is definitely doing things to help help that out as far as guys blocking and coming up with different returns and things like that. So uh, I love Charlie Jones back there. I think he's yeah. obviously a huge, a huge weapon weapon for us um, in the return game. But to come back to your original question, nah, never try me <laughs> up on return, never practiced it or anything. I rarely even practice catching um, kickoff returns, which would have been fun to be on, but. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here now. Um, that's funny. Yeah, so Charlie, I mean, he's such an advantage to the offense. I mean, he's an offensive weapon in his own right. When you look at four returns for 66 yards, 16 and a half yard average per return, that's such an advantage for the offense. At some point, these punters have got to stop kicking the ball to him. 
Um, but you mentioned the limited amount of mistakes as well. I mean, uh, typically, if you get a guy like that, I'm a huge Broncos fan. And I remember I can't, it was a couple, like 10 years ago, they had a returner they claimed from the Texans. And I mm-hmm. can't remember his name. He's like five foot five, electric fast, came out of LSU. And he had, he had a, do you know what I'm Trenton talking Holiday. about? Trenton Holiday. Yeah. 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 Holiday. yeah. The dude was electric. When he had the ball in his hands, it was either he was going to score a touchdown or he was going to fumble the football. <laughs> But you appreciated the touchdowns. With Charlie, though, you just get these phenomenal returns in limited amount of mistakes. I think he had one fumble last year. And then mm-hmm. this year, uh, this you can't even necessarily classify this as a mistake, but he chose to not return a ball yesterday, which was weird, considering I yeah. thought he had plenty of time. But he's like, oh, this will probably bounce into the end zone. It bounces, lands at like the seven. I'm like, oh, crap. That was yeah. – but even that, that's a, a minor, minor mistake. Uh, he probably thought the ball was going to bounce a little different. But nevertheless, uh, and yeah. Charlie Jones – and Charlie Jones, we trust. Um, sticking on the special teams, Torrey Taylor, he'll bounce back. Uh, probably his worst day punting we've seen. But uh, you expect that for a guy who's literally played 12 college football games in his entire career. Um, LaShawn, that pretty much, I think, I think the takeaway from this game is, wow, that was weird. But we saw some good things we want. What are you hoping to see out of Iowa versus Maryland? So I got, I think offensively, we got to see consistent offensive line play. Um, I mean, I would love for, you know, uh, the coaches to settle on a group of five that they feel confident in, because I feel like sometimes when you I see, I think they they know that they're being rotated in, but I feel like that can sometimes throw off confidence a little bit, um, you know, within, you know, those offensive line groups. So I want to see consistent offensive line play um, and helping keep the pocket clean, because as you mentioned, Spencer's not a mobile guy. So I want to see that. Um, shirt up. I want to see, you know, less MEs. I would much rather these guys just get flat out, just beat, you know, on pass blocking assignments instead of, you know, having those mental errors for sure. Because, you know, mental errors are, are, you know, easily correctable. So that, that'll tell me like a lot, like, Hey, they were in, they were able to correct everything and they're able to move on. So that that's one of the most important things for, for me and myself. And then um, defensively, uh, I mean, they've been doing such a great job. Um, but, you know, I do want them to continue the play that they've been able to do and actually capitalize on some of those turnover opportunities. Because, again, turnovers help you win football games. Um, you know, when the ball's in the air, right, that's got to be our ball, right? So I want to see us capitalize a lot more on that um, as far as, you know, defensive side of the ball goes. And then special teams just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, Caleb shoot. I think uh, we don't ever talk about Caleb Shudok, but that's because whenever he goes out there, he just kicks field goal, goes in, we're good to go. We get three points. I mean, he's an automatic three. Uh, Again, mm-hmm. Corey Taylor, just so good. I mean, I love, I just love special teams, and it's just so fun to see us be so dominant in every aspect of special teams. Agreed, though. Um, offensive line, I think we need to figure out that rotation. I think they're getting close. Uh, I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about on the show tomorrow the snap count breakdown. Uh, really, at this point, it seems like they've kind of locked in on who they're who their five guys are just kind of depends on how they want to continue to rotate Kyler shot in uh, mm-hmm. as he continues to get healthier and healthier uh, this mm-hmm. this week playing 27 snaps last week playing 19 snaps. Um, the explosive plays I think is huge as well. As you mentioned, I want to, I want to see more of that. I want to see a little bit more involvement of Arlen and Keegan. I mean, when they have the ball in their hands, it's been a lot of fun. Keegan blowing past two guys, uh, you know, on, on Saturday's game, which is awesome defensively. I, you know, I think, I think it's unfortunate that their def- the defense is so good that the bar is so freaking high, right? Like 
What mm-hmm. what more can they do to be a dominant defense? And I'm over here upset about how the defensive defense played. I'm like, Andrew, you're being an ignorant a, a, a jerk about this. They played pretty <laughs> well and they had such short field position. Um, I would like to see obviously um the defense get a better opportunity to start in the right spot of the field and not 30 <laughs> yards from, from their own goal line. Uh, so I would like to see that. And I think that will in turn help the defense play better. Uh, LaShawn, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Any last words before we uh, close it out for today? Uh, nah, I don't really got much. Um, it was a blast as always. And go Hawks. I love man. All right. We want to tell you, make sure to betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new locked on best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ig wherever you get your podcast at. And if you were listening to me last week and you took my advice on betting, maybe you go back to Lee because Lee does a little better job apparently because I went 0 for 4 on my Iowa bets this week. Uh, but we'll be better this next week coming up against Maryland. LaShawn's pleasure as always. Have a fantastic Sunday for listening to this or Monday for listening to this. Hawkeye Nation and go Hawks.